What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Dr. Reva Robinson, a doctor, author, and coach who helps you heal and thrive beyond your symptoms to live a life that is more whole. She is a ball of energy that is setting the tone for doctors out there who want to walk a less conventional path, yet still achieve the goal of helping others become happier and healthier human beings. This conversation is helpful for anyone out there who is questioning their path in life. Dr. Reva does an amazing job opening up about her struggles with the pressure to walk into a career path she knew was not for her. Fortunately, she conquered the pressure and now spends her days helping Austin, Texas become a healthier place. So let's go feel the energy and welcome Dr. Reva Robinson to the show. CJ Finley back here again on the Thrive on Life podcast. And for today's episode, I'd love to welcome Dr. Reva Robinson to the Thrive HQ. How are you doing today? Fan friggin' tastic. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming into our space and bringing the good energy that I know you will bring. And I'm extremely excited for this conversation because not only are we kicking off a new year where I believe that everybody should be looking after their own health and you can help them do that. But we are in a year that is kind of a transition year for a lot of different reasons. And I think it's the best time ever for people to start realizing that they should be their best health advocate themselves. And Dr. Reva is going to help guide us on that journey here today. But before we get into that, I saw your IG story that you were blasting <laughs> Beyonce before you came in here. So the first question I have for you is what is your favorite Beyonce song? Oh man, that's like asking a parent, like which is their favorite child? I mean, I guess some parents do have favorite children. <laughs> that's a real <laughs> thing. Uh, but right now, I'll just say right now, my favorite that gets me so amped is the Savage remix with Meg Thee Stallion. Like it's just... What about it's, it? It's, it's, it's just like... You savage like attacking life like just being raw like just going for it like when I'm in the there was one day I was working out and I seriously had that song on repeat for my entire workout and I just killed it I felt like a beast I felt sexy I was like owning every bit of my energy and yeah so like there's a Beyonce song for like every mood when and you when you work out <laughs> do you play playlists or do you play specific artists typically usually specific artists so beyonce is probably the most frequently played uh the beyonce essentials on apple music that's that's gold um but sometimes i just look for, like the other day i was doing my cardio and wanted something a little bit more chill so i did some like instrumental beats and it was a little bit more rhythmic so as you'll see in our discussion today like i really just follow where my energy is taking me and just you know when when i see something lights me up i'm like ooh all right new french pop artist let's go for it why not like it's just go down that rabbit roll. hole and then you're listen to them on repeat for like two weeks and you're like what the <laughs> right. hell did I just do <laughs> yeah I find that happening with me as well like when I find a new artist like I'll literally put things in the playlist and then I play that thing on repeat until like almost like I want to vomit from it <laughs> right. like, I'm like what the hell was I doing I think we're done here yeah it was it's, good it was good but it's time to move on <laughs> I I created it's funny you mentioned that because I created a playlist for one of the events that I've I put together um, like two months ago and I'm still playing this playlist, but I'm like getting the feeling like last night I was in the gym and I'm just like, you know what? I think it's time for, for something new, but mm -hmm. sidebar, <laughs> you mentioned that you kind of get in this wavelength of energy where you, you flow into it. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that a lot of people lack in today's day where they're not self-aware enough to kind of like follow their energy mm -hmm. and go after what they actually want. And having had conversations with you and knowing your story, when was the first time in your life that you kind of noticed 
that path of following your energy and going against the grain because I'm always encouraging people to go against the grain. And if you're listening to this and you want to try something new and you're feeling stuck, going against the grain can feel hard, but the energy that Dr. Reva brings in and so many other people bring in here, they have found a way to kind of follow what they love to do and like kind of silence everything else. So I'd love to know for you specifically, where did that first show up in your life? Yeah, so I think the first time that I really owned it was, I. so I took a gap year after college. So I went to Rice University and I was really fortunate and blessed to get into the Rice Baylor Medical Scholars Program. So I was actually accepted into medical school when I was like 17 years old when I applied to Rice. And so at that point in time, I already had an inkling that traditional medicine was not for me, but I didn't know there were any other options going the medical path. So I was like, you know what? It's like, God, if this is for me, then I'm going to get in. And then I got in. I was like, well, shit. Okay. Uh, I guess (laughs) that should have been my number one cue. Like when I was like, shit, I have to go to med school. Like, follow that energy. Hmm. Why don't you want to go? Like, you do have a choice in this. But I was like, I went through college and by my sophomore year, I took a nutrition course and that's when like something woke up in me. I was like, because I had struggled with body dysmorphia my entire life. Well, since I was four years old. So that's pretty long time. And for those listening, what is body dysmorphia? Yeah. So that's when you see your body in an unrealistic way. So it could, it generally manifests with, you know, people thinking that they're too fat or too thin, but it can be things like, you know, you have a small blemish on your nose and it becomes all that you can focus on. Like it's become, it's an anxiety disorder because you focus on these little things that become so consuming. And you see, I'm a kind of muscular person. I've always been this way. So from the time I was like a four-year-old gymnast, I had a six pack and like monster thighs. So I thought I was fat and I say monster, like compared to like, you know, it's like I'm black. So I'm going to got got some meat on the bones. But, you know, all my teammates are very thin Caucasian girls. So by comparison, I thought I was fat. So when I went into this nutrition course and learned a different way of relating to my body, learning how to fuel my body, understanding how many calories I needed if I wanted to lose weight and doing that in a way that wasn't destructive, but actually enjoying food and loving food. Like that was when I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is me. This is what I need to do. And so I majored, ended up majoring in kinesiology with a sports medicine focus, fell in love with exercise physiology, and was thinking, and <laughs> this was that first like pivotal moment, come to Jesus moment, where I went home for the weekend to College Station to see my parents. And my intention was to tell them that I was like, I'm going to be a kinesiologist or something. Like, I just want to do more of what I'm doing here. And they were like, do you think you're going to give up your spot in med school? You're crazy. And mind you, my parents are on the admissions committee for med school at Texas A&M and College Station. So they work with students. They see students struggling and fighting to get in. And here I had it on a silver platter in front of me and I was rejecting it. So (laughs) that discussion didn't go well. I didn't have as much of the spine that I had now to be able to recognize like, no, like, I can figure this out. You know, I'm passionate about this and I'm not really feeling this passion around the conventional medicine that I'm seeing around me. So at that point in time, I just figured mom and dad know best, but when I graduate from college, I'm going to take a year off and see if I can find what else is out there. And oddly, like I, you know, whenever you're open to finding what else, unexpected things come your way. You know, I was thinking I'd find something in the medical pathway. I shadowed uh, uh, some family friends or one was a pediatric neurologist. Another one was orthopedic surgeon. I was thinking I wanted to do, you know, one of those big, bold things in medicine, make a lot of money. And then I would, you know, do all the other things I loved on the side. And so I shadowed some doctors, didn't really light up doing any of that. 
But then a friend of mine actually invited me to a Mary Kay function, like the Mary Kay Cosmetics, and invited me to start a business. And I was like, this feels good. These people are happy. They're having fun. <laughs> They're like, you know, like supporting each other and loving and they aren't miserable and hating their lives. Sign me up. And plus I have like really good skin. So it's like, use Mary Kay and you can look just like me. Oh, I love this so much. <laughs> and I have to stop you there only because my mother-in-law, if she listens to this episode, like she's been all about Mary Kay for so long. So I love it. When you hear this, Lisa, like this, um, I'm smiling from ear to ear right Lisa, now because that's I see yeah. You. I Entrepreneurship see you. is a beautiful thing because a lot of times people, even when you're grinding and even when things aren't going as well as they should be, um, it's a happy place to be. That's how I've always found it to be. So yes. sorry to cut you off there, no, but I am I'm cracking up right now because <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So like the beautiful thing of it was that that was my first taste of entrepreneurship and I was hooked. I was like, okay, I can wake up when I want to. I get to serve the people I want to. I get to make this work around my lifestyle. Hell yeah. You know, like I didn't know that it was possible for me to have the kind of life that was by my own design and was very intentional. So that was that first moment of following my energy into something that I knew was for me. It was for a season. You know, I was, I got so invested in it. I, you know, I wasn't quite as, you know, developed in the personal development range at that point. So like I was like, okay, well, I have to make this where I put so much pressure on myself. It's like, I got to prove myself. I got to show my parents that this is worth it because I had a major chip on my shoulder thinking that, well, you know, mom and dad don't approve of me just being a little Mary Kay lady when I could be a doctor. That's not respectable enough. So I was just pushing, pushing, pushing so hard to prove myself to get that pink Cadillac and finally make it. Then I could be like, I don't need to go to med school. Nah, I'm good. Just <laughs> roll around my pink Cadillac. I'm good. And so t I was just up against this ticking time bomb. I was like, okay, well, I got six more months. I got three more months. I got one more month. And oh God, I'm at the end of the road. And I didn't make it. And so I was like, I went into med school feeling like a total failure. Like I'm having to do this and that I'm giving up this life that I had a taste of. And so... Not to mention I was in a really bad, like mentally and emotionally abusive relationship throughout med school. So that made it a little bit more complicated. But I always knew deep in my heart that like I would do something that was uniquely me, that it wouldn't be conventional. I knew that it involved helping people feel whole because at the root of it, like with my Mary Kay business, it was being able to help women feel empowered, giving them the chance to feel beautiful, giving them the chance to connect with other like-minded people and uplift them. Like that was the thing that excited me about having, it wasn't like Mary Kay was just a vehicle for that. So yeah, it's amazing. First of all, that story is amazing. And I love where you ended there with the vehicle, because I think that when you get into the world of entrepreneurship, like for me, entrepreneurship in itself has been the vehicle for me to become a better human being. Mm -hmm. Because when I created a brand and I have customers and clients the only way that I can continue to serve them better is if I continue to read the books, continue to take the courses, continue to go to the networking events. And as I continue to go to these different things, like, and you're around all these like-minded people, it's hard not to actually level up. Like you have right. to like literally right. try to like put earmuffs on and like not participate <laughs> right. because all you have to do is be in the room right. and you're going to kind of figure yourself out and get better. Yeah. And at a younger age, like I could see how like Mary, Mary Kay is like one of those things where you feel the energy when you're younger, but you don't necessarily know how to navigate the vehicle. That's kind right. of how I would exactly. put it versus now, like once you, that was kind of passion, but it wasn't your purpose. Mm -hmm. And now you've matched your, and I said this on a podcast earlier, um, once you match your purpose and your passion, things get a lot more clear. So mm -hmm. when in your story did you start realizing that more of the functional route was for you? Because you did go to med school and mm -hmm. you did graduate med school, but were you in med school when you were like, 
I'm going to finish this, but this is not what I'm going to do? Or did you have that figured out yet? I always had that kind of as my emergency exit that, okay, like if I finish med school, I'm still going to be an MD, so I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, I, I'll have that, you know, social cred or whatever. And so I, <laughs> it's such a long story, but long story short, I ended up going into just a transitional year residency, which is just an intern year. And that program took me to New York after medical school. And I hadn't matched into a follow-up residency because I had put all my eggs in the basket of getting into dermatology because of that. My thinking was still that if I can do something that pays me a lot, then I'll have more time and money and resources to do what I'm actually passionate about. But derm is actually the most competitive specialty to get into. So I didn't get into a program beyond my first year. And so I went into that program in New York and was working in probably the most dysfunctional, poor, dangerous areas of New York and the South Bronx is, yeah, not a place that I like, I would say like, if I got hit by a car outside the hospital, like don't take me in this hospital, like I would rather die, like seeing the horrors that we saw on a daily basis. Yeah. And so at that point in time, like, you know, you're pouring all of your life, your energy into working a job where it's just like, what am I even doing? You know, it's like you harden so much. Like I felt myself turning into somebody that I didn't recognize. And I knew like for the sake of my soul, I had to find something else. And I was so, I reached a point where I was so jaded that I was like, well, maybe I'm not meant to do medicine at all, but I'll keep going anyways. Cause that's the thinking. It's like, we can't we have to finish, you know, that sense that of completion is the goal just to get a degree or whatever, but not the journey and the feeling of purpose along the way. So I figured, well, maybe I can compromise and meet my parents in the middle because they were very, you know, much encouraging me to do a full residency and become board certified in something. So I was like, great. I'll find the shortest residency I can possibly find that's the closest to <laughs> what I feel would make me, you know, happy. And that was preventive medicine. And there was a residency actually in Round Rock. And so I had to do my clinical work there and then and a master's in public health in College Station where my parents live. So I was like, okay, I'll live at home with my parents and I can save money doing that and then go to Round Rock when I need to. And that lasted about two months before I hit rock bottom, just like so depressed, so disconnected from myself. Like all the things in my body were just like screaming and this is where the follow your gut part comes in. Like, you know, following your gut, like spiritually and physically because I had so many gut issues for the first time I had plantar fasciitis I'm like what like what is this I can (laughs) like wake up and hardly walk like my body is literally failing me and I didn't want to get out of bed and the only thing that I looked forward to in life was being able to talk to my then boyfriend, now husband, Sean. So I knew that that was like, that was the one thing I could say was going right in my life that I wanted to move towards. And so that's what gave me the strength to be able to eventually resign from that program (laughs) two months in, mind you. (laughs) How long would it have? It would have been two years. Two years. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I could do anything for two years. I've made it this far, but like two months in, I'm driving to Round Rock one morning and it's like 6 a.m. And I I mean, I remember it clearly. I think it was on Highway 71 and seeing a semi truck coming towards me on a two lane highway and had the thought like, hmm, if this truck hit me, then I wouldn't have to deal with this miserable existence anymore. And that was a huge wake up call for me like oh my gosh like how can I be this you know careless about my life like how can I not care enough to do something that I'm inspired by 
What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Dr. Riva. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shoutouts, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Dr. Reva Robinson. Why do you think we allow ourselves to get to that point? Oh, because man. like you're you're super bright and like <laughs> energy. Like I can't imagine you being there, but I can because I was there as well. Like mm-hmm. I remember living in Houston, putting the suit on and calling my wife after work every single day, and we're both there. Like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, but then we just keep doing it for right, like an extended like, period of time. Like, okay, and. <laughs> I ask a lot of people this, but I'd love your take on why do you think we do that? It's really hard to break against the mold. Like the path that I've been on the past five years, nobody could have charted that course for me. It's been my own path that I've had to figure out every step of the way. And that's scary as balls. I guess balls are scary. I don't know. Scary as hell. <laughs> they, are kind of scary. they are kind of they scary. Are kind of scary. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> it's really scary to do what no one else is doing and have the confidence that it's the right thing. As there, I mean, you know, we can get super philosophical, but like, I don't think there is any like right thing or perfect thing. It's what you make of it. And so like I had to have the confidence to know that like my gut would direct me exactly where I needed to go. Like I had to trust that I would find the mentors. I had to trust that like so like when I moved to San Francisco after I so I resigned from the residency. That was October 2014. And then I was just working at home in my parents' office, just kind of going through the motions. They needed the extra hands, and I kind of helped manage my mom's medical practice and was doing some hormone replacement there and stuff that, like, I wasn't passionate about, but I was like, well, at least it's a paycheck. And they love Sean, so, like, I could take off on a Wednesday and take off for the rest of the week and go to San Francisco. So it gave me that freedom. And so I eventually moved out to San Francisco then because that's where Sean was. We had been long distance from December 2013 until I moved out there in July 4th, 2015. And so I moved out there. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something that's just completely fun. Like I've never done any kind of work in my life that was just fun. And so I was like, you know what? There's an Equinox down the street. I'll work there. And, you know, people are like, you're a doctor. Why are you doing personal training? You know, that was the thing. I was like, shit, I don't know, man. Like, this just feels right. I'm doing it. I'm learning stuff. Like, you know what? Because I want to. Why why does the answer have to be anything other than I want to? Like, I just don't get it. I know. I know. It's like, this is my desire. It might not be tomorrow. And so, like, I knew when I got to that point where I was like, okay, I'm – helping people with their fitness, but I know that there's still a gap. You know, I worked with a lot of women who were in like kind of postmenopausal age and that's where a lot of stuff starts getting wonky. And I was like, if I did the functional medicine, I could really help here. I have such a unique value to add to these women's lives where they can have the guidance with the fitness, they can have the support through functional medicine and understanding the hormones and building a better diet and helping them sleep better and de-stress, like my core four, nutrition, exercise, stress management, and sleep. And so I was like, saw this like perfect niche for myself developing because I gave myself a chance to be open to it. And so I 
started that whole functional medicine pathway. And when I went to that first conference, it was like, these are my people. Oh my God. It was like, I was literally- What was your first conference? It was March because we had just, this is so funny. uh, We had just come off, uh, we called it our half- moon anniversary our it was six months anniversary we took a cruise to, through french polynesia That's awesome. and on the way back home from the cruise as we i guess flew out of la and then the conference was in huntington beach and so i went from a week cruise to a week conference and this and was just like a health and wellness conference this or what was, was the institute for functional medicine okay. applying functional medicine and clinical clinical practice and so it's a deep dive into understanding the whole functional medicine model and I was like this is like articulating everything that I felt in my spirit about what medicine should be and where has this been my entire life like this has been around like at the IFM's annual international conference this year where I have the incredible honor to be a speaker on physician burnout (laughs) It's we're celebrating 30 years of the IFM. So it's been around since I was four years old, coincidentally, the same time that I started thinking that I was fat and disgusting and had to change myself. Interesting correlation there. Anyways, so 30 years of functional medicine and still today. I mean, how many people know about functional medicine? I mean, Austin's a little different. We're a little bit more aware and, you know, the health and wellness spectrum. But for me, it was like part of my soul woke up. And that was like the most moving thing I had experienced and just finding my people. Wow. Like that's something everybody, one, re-listen to what she just was talking about. And the part that I want you to pick on the most is the part where you went to personal training and you started doing something that you wanted because I feel like that's where you start to find the ball starts rolling downhill rather than uphill. Right. And that's where you start making connections. And for me, it's kind of a similar story. It's really weird because (laughs) I was doing engineering and it's just like this scientific, very stressful path. But the thing that everyone always came to me for had nothing to do with engineering. It was, can you help me with my personal health and wellness? Like, what are you eating? Because I was a collegiate athlete. What are you eating? How are you working out? And I always felt fulfilled when I would help them work out or write a plan for them. And I'd never considered actually following that path because the same thing in my head, like, oh, like, that's just not my path, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what that's not the cards that I was dealt. Like I was, I'm smart at math and science. I should be going over here. I should be having this title or whatever the society, all the shoulds, all the shoulda, woulda, coulda. And yeah, exactly. And I still remember like when I quit my engineering path to kind of the entrepreneurial path that I was on, which was personal training, nutrition consulting. I remember like my parents asking me and my parents are great, but they asked me, going to be a personal trainer and on Instagram. And I was just like, <laughs> well, kind of, yes. But like, I knew like there was a bigger business around this. So I wanted to become a personal trainer so I could understand the problems that personal trainers have and mm-hmm. understand the problems in the market. Right. Like what are people ha- struggling with? And the only way I could figure that out is like, if I become a personal trainer, people start talking to me about their problems mm-hmm. because I struggled with my own health issues. I wanted to figure out what was the major problem going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just the entire system is completely upside down and it cannot work the way that it is, the way that it's supposed to. And it's funny that you mentioned how functional medicine has been around for so long, but most people never even hear about it. My next question for you was actually going to be, can you like describe for the audience what it actually means? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people outside of you, if you're not searching for it, you don't know it. And that's right. where like, I want to turn more people onto this other pathway where you are your own advocate and functional medicine is helping tons of people, including myself out there. So I'd love to hear it from your mouth and your words of what is it? Yeah. Yeah. So functional medicine is a root cause approach to medicine. So, you know, some people would lump it in the alternative medicine category, which 
we're still like most of us are, you know, traditionally trained doctors or nurse practitioners or PAs. So many of us come from different backgrounds, but functional medicine represents what medicine should be. You know, it's understanding why. Because most of medicine today asks, okay, let's figure out what it is and what medication matches to that. But okay, well, if you have chronic diarrhea, why do you have diarrhea? Like what's going on in your gut? You know, what's your lifestyle like? What are you eating? Like, have you had any recent trial? Like understanding and digging and understanding the human being. And what's so different about how I get to practice with my patients and clients is it's really just about having that relationship and understanding the person and holding space for them to share because I can't say the exact quote, I don't remember, but essentially the tune of it is if you listen, the patient will tell you exactly what's going on with them. But most of us doctors, we come into the patient encounter, we see a few notes from what the nurse wrote in the chart, and we already have our mind made up, okay, this person has, okay, it's a five-year-old boy with runny nose, oh, it's flu season, he probably has RSV or flu, and we already have it made up. But you know, maybe this kid has some toxic exposure, maybe there's something else. So we're taking medicine and we're personalizing it. We're getting proactive. We're helping that person develop the tools and the resources they need so that they can guide their own health and wellness journey. And that's exactly what you did too. I remember you telling me on the call, like you had to build out all those pieces once you understood the approach. And so functional medicine really is a skillful art of being able to understand the human body as a whole system of all these you know systems that are interacting with each other and figuring out where those imbalances are and you know seeing the big picture and moving all those pieces into formation bit by bit so it's never a quick fix and that's what traditional medicine a lot of the time is like oh well throw medicine at it and, you know, calm it down, like quiet it down and assume everything's going to get better. But then another symptom pops up and then you need another medicine and this and that. And functional medicine, yes, we still use medications. Yes, there's going to be times where, you know, we have to use antibiotics and steroids, but we do that to get that person to a place where then we can understand like, okay, get them out of pain and the immediate crisis so that we can then bring this person into a space of recovery. That's going to be a slow and steady process, but empowering and enabling them to have that sustainability of their health. I love it. This is just like preaching to the choir and it has been such a wild ride on on my end of like exactly what you're saying because every time I would go to a doctor I always left the office feeling like I'm actually more confused <laughs> than yeah. when I when I first went to the doctor I was left to feel more confused mm -hmm. of what my life was like and that's almost it's almost worse than being, that's like worse than being diagnosed. Like right. I would rather be diagnosed with something that sucks than to literally not know. And that's right. really, it was just a decade of not knowing what the hell is going wrong with me. And I think I also, when I was younger, I was putting too much emphasis on it's the doctor's fault and not mm. pointing the finger back at myself and mm -hmm. really reflecting on like, well, what am I doing that's causing me to have to go to the doctor in the first place? Right. And that's what I think, that's one of the things that I want to preach that like functional medicine should, should be teaching that the user, the customer, the client is ourselves. Like exactly. we should be the ones focusing on solving our problems. And then people like Dr. Riva are the guide to us solving our own problems rather than we live in, what I call it a crutch society. Like when you're in high school and people get injured, it's like they like walking around with the crutches. It's like you get that attention. It's just you like, get the oh, elevator I, key. And I, you I, get to take the exactly. elevator up to I, your class. Oh, I, I fractured my ankle or I sprained my ankle so I get to walk around on crutches and get right. to have someone carry my books right. for or whatever. And that like carries on through adulthood where it's just like, 
adults for some reason like to have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like I have this, I need to take this medication yeah. and it becomes part of their identity. Exactly. It's something you can hold on to and it becomes an excuse to cop out on life. Like just calling it out. It's like, Oh, well I have fibromyalgia, you know, I can't do that. Or, you know, it's like I have, you know, chronic migraines. I'm, you know, never going to be able to do X, Y, Z. Like, no, like you get to figure out, it's like your body, your body is sending signals, trying to help you, like trying to tell you to get help. And, and that, that's one of the biggest thing whenever, you know, I'm, you know, talking to a potential new client, like I have to assess where their head head is at in the game. It's like, are they ready to step in? Because people who are chronically ill often know that it's like, okay, I should get help and you know, I want to be better. But helping them get to that point of actually taking action is a much different step. And um, yeah, and it's going to be an investment. It's going to take time. It's going to take energy. It's going to take money. Or, but it gets to be a joyful process. And so helping people understand that it's like, this is your one and only body. This is your one and only life. Like, how do you want to live that? And, you know, so much of my practice too is like that coaching aspect. Yes, I'm a doctor, but really helping people connect to that deeper purpose and why they want to live. What do they want their health for in the first place? That brings up an interesting kind of intersection because I never, I never thought of it like that. Cause I'm a big why guy and like having a purpose for my business and my brand, but I never thought about like from the aspect of like why, why I want to be healthy because like I like, I like sports. So like I've always wanted to be healthy so I can optimize my athletic adventures. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the average person that brings up a great question and that's where I kind of want to dig into for anybody out there that you, you just raised the most important thing I think is most people don't do anything until there's a problem. Right. And that is the problem in itself. So for those that don't have any problems that they think they need to address, what protocols would you recommend on a maybe weekly, monthly, yearly basis that they should be doing to kind of fulfill a preventative style of life so that maybe on later down the line, we save some lives. Yeah. I mean, I would say, and this is ultra relevant because I'm currently doing it, but I would say doing some type of metabolic detoxification at least once or twice a year to just clean your system out. So I make the analogy of, you know, a car, you know, if you're driving your car every however many thousand miles, this is very indicative of how well I'm taking care of my car. You're going to need an oil change every now and then what every 3000 miles or I don't know. Usually Something. like once a year, every yeah. six months, depending on what type of oil you have in your car. There we go. Yeah. Clearly I'm not the one in charge of that. <laughs> but for the sake of the analogy, you know, like your car is burning energy. Therefore, there's toxic byproducts that are building up as a result of that. The same thing happens in our body. So that is one of the main drivers of disease, dysfunction, illness is whenever we have junk, metabolic junk that's gunking up our system. And so, you know, I'm doing a 10-day detox right now. I do it like twice a year to just reboot my system. It gets rid of my sugar cravings. It gets my hormones rebalanced. You know, I shed a little bit of weight, which is nice post-COVID and like all the stuff, you know, being in the middle of a pandemic and having a few months where I went a little sidetracked with my own health. As we all did. (laughs) And so like that would, I would say would be one thing do like once or twice a year as far as like the bare minimum of like what we all should be doing for um, our health. Like we all should be eating a mostly plants diet. Now that doesn't mean- And what does the detox look like? Yeah, yeah. So that, so I use a company called Metagenics and there's some shakes that have a lot of nutrients in it that help to- ramp up your liver pathways and detox. And then it's just, it's kind of like an elimination diet where you're cutting out a lot of the common trigger foods like dairy, gluten, soy, corn, egg, shellfish. And yes, it's a little bit restricted, but you feel so clean and light and energetic. And you're like, whoa, like the first time I did it, I was like, 
I didn't know. Like, I thought I felt okay, but I feel even better. And that's the thing. Like, we have this limitless potential of where our health can go. It's like, I'm really freaking healthy, but I'm always trying to go to that next level. And so when you're proactive and you do these things before you have actual problems, like, you feel amazing. Like, what would you do with all that extra energy? Like, what? how would your business look? Like, what would your family life look like? How would your sexual health and your relationship with your partner like it? spans every part of your life whenever you focus on your health. And so like, but just bare minimum, like eating as many different color plant foods as you can, as I say, eating the rainbow, that's a daily thing to get, you know, all five, let's see, red, red, orange, yellow, (laughs) green, blue, purple. So it's like six different color groups. And so when I build a plate of food, like I'm always looking for those colors um, doing something for stress reduction on a daily basis, not whenever you feel like you're on the point of collapse. So that's where I love my morning routine. Like I wake up and I have that time to set my intention for the day, meditate, pray, journal. I decide like what's going to make me feel good today and what do I need to accomplish alongside that so that I'm not reaching the end of my day feeling panicked and stressed and there's so much more to do and I didn't get it done and oh my God, I'm a failure, I'm falling apart. And so having that routine on a daily basis, but then also I would say on a weekly basis, doing something extra, like maybe you go and get a massage, maybe you go and do some cryotherapy because you're hitting it hard in the gym and cold therapy is extremely regenerative for our tissues. Float tank is another one of my big favorites. I haven't found a place here in Austin Ocean yet. Ocean Lab. Ocean Lab. Ocean Lab. Okay, I've heard about them. Yeah. So you're the second right person the telling me. Here. Yeah. Nice. Eric Anderson owns it, so I can Ooh. connect y'all. Yeah. Oh, please do. I'm excited. Um, yeah, so like finding something that you can do that like, you know, I used to, when I was competing and bodybuilding every Friday, it would be my feel-good Friday. So I would, and this was when I was in San Francisco, so I'd go to the Japanese communal bath and just like, you know, lay out butt naked, go in between the, the sauna, the steam room, the cold plunge, and just have a day that was all about me. And so that inspired me to get shit done the rest of the week. It's like Friday comes and I got something where I can just release all my stress and worries that day. So, you know, having something to look forward to is so important because otherwise there's, we just keep going, keep, keep burning all the candles and all the ends and until you're burnt out. Have fun Friday. I I think I feel might good steal Friday. that. Feel good Friday. Yeah. Feel good Friday. I might have to take that. I'll coin it for you. Nice. Um, <laughs> but I just did something earlier this week that reminds me of that. I did a fun run. And one of the things every year I try to do is like have more fun. And I've been mm-hmm. saying it for like the past four years that I've been in the business world because as I – get older, I start realizing that like, why am I not having as much fun? Like, why am I not prioritizing fun? Not that I'm not having fun, but like, why am I not prioritizing fun and play and things like that? But I never thought about like actually dedicating a day, a day to it. And I Mm -hmm. think I'm getting close to the point where I need, I need to do that. Um, and I wish we had a place like that here in Austin, where it was like, when I lived on the East coast, they had, um, like Russian bath, Type oh of yeah, places where you yeah. go from like thirty degrees to a hundred degrees mm-hmm. to then it's like salt water and like just all these different <sighs> things and it's it's, the best. it's so awesome and you like when you come out of there you feel like a new person and I think that's just something we're not taught in our society in in America it's just like go 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 until you're dead right exactly it's idiotic and I just I can't <laughs> I, know. I can't even imagine not feeling the way I feel now mm-hmm. and not. That is one reason I'm super thankful that you came on today because there's so many people that reach out to me that are looking to get better. And I remember what it was like driving on 71, like you were saying, and just being like, what the fuck am I doing (laughs) with my life? But I also know that it doesn't go from that to the woman I see right here in the blink of an eye. So there were some struggles along that path of transitioning over. So I'd love to kick it into... What were some of the tough moments of getting your business off the ground 
in the way that you wanted it to. So now that you're not in the path of regular medicine and the regular system, you had to create kind of your own path. What were some of those struggles in the beginning of doing that? Yeah, I I think the big struggle was figuring out who I wanted to work with because when you're in the conventional system, you treat everybody. It's like, okay, you're going to work with, you know, if you're a family doctor, like my dad, like he, he says, you know, I work with them from the cradle to the grave. And so like in functional medicine, you know, you, you can decide to do whatever you want. But I went into that thinking, okay, well, I have to appeal to the masses. I have to do it. I have to be there, everything. So I started my practice in 2017. And so I would say for the first three years, it was just throwing spaghetti against the wall. Like, okay, I have this kind of package where I'm severely like underpaying myself. And it, <laughs> and so I would, I didn't understand the value that I was providing at that time. And so I just kept burning out, you know, like, I hate, I was like, maybe this isn't the right thing, or maybe I need to do this additional course. And I had, you know, a spell where it was like, buy all the courses. And, you know, as you sign up for all the online courses and entrepreneurship and this and that, and, you know, watch one module or two and then stop doing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's something everybody has done. Like if you started yeah. the business, you, you fall down that rabbit hole. Oh yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, you get on that webinar and you're like, Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They totally get it. And then you buy the book that they tell you on the webinar and then you're like reading 30 pages into the book. Like, yeah, I got this. Mm -hmm. So like I definitely had that spell where I was kind of like jumping around and looking for the answers, which, you know, and this sounds so cliche, but like eventually I had to get to the point where I could just find those answers within me and just be comfortable that, you know, the right people are out there for me. And as I started to serve more people, I started to see it's mostly women because, you know, being a woman and, you know, women generally want to see female doctors who can relate a little bit more personally. And then uh, the one thing shift that was helpful for me was seeing that, okay, well, pre and this was even before COVID, I was like, you know what, like, I think it'd be really cool if I could just work with people over the internet. So people had the had the comfort of being in their own homes and I could be that, you know, concierge style telemedicine doctor who could, you know, cater to their needs that way. And so that was some when I started to build momentum where I was like, okay, I can do this and provide, you know, the plant what I call my core four plan around nutrition, exercise, stress management and sleep and be able to you know, help people create that lifestyle. And so like, I don't want to dive into the nitty gritty and be your primary care doctor and, you know, tinker with your medications for hypertension. No, it's like, we're going to go to the root and we're going to look at why you have high blood pressure and what you're eating and how you're stressing and your relationships. And that's just a very natural extension of who I am, of getting to understand the person and heal the person, not the disease. You heal the person, not the disease. I'm a big believer that disease is environmental. Like, and a lot of it is the environment that the the human, the person has put themselves in. And the one environment that I think that a lot of people never realize is the most important environment is what's going on in their own head. <laughs> and that's where I think functional medicine, like what, what you just said with like telemedicine and stuff that can help this next level of people because it reduces basically the ability to have to change environments. And Mm -hmm. that's where I think a lot of people, they don't go to the doctor because it's not an environment that they necessarily want to go into and it's stressful and they have to take off work and they have to do these things. So it, it really stops them from getting to their own next level because it's a change in environment that they're not necessarily comfortable with just yet. And if you're doing telemedicine and then the functional medicine side of things where you're, you're just listening to them, it's more like therapy. That's exactly. what I realized personal training was. It's like, I'm like, well, I feel like I'm more of a therapist than right? I am like a personal trainer <laughs> exactly. because I started to realize, and that was a great, that was why I switched what I was doing to personal training 
to realize these types of problems. We're like, people mm-hmm. just have no one to talk to. They go to their right. job from nine to five, don't really talk to anybody about anything realistic. Like when you're right. at your job, you're all on guard. Like mm-hmm. you're not the real you. Then you get home. And if you have a significant other, it's just like you eat dinner and you might get an hour or two talking with each other. And if you work out, then you're spending time together, but you're not really talking. And right. before you know it, you go to sleep, you wake up again, and you still have never like really released any energy of who you truly are. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a beautiful thing that we live in a day and an age where that is possible. But what are some of the, not issues, but like issues that you've had to work through? Because again, like getting people to open up isn't always the easiest thing. So what is your advice to people out there that are trying to change their environment, but might be a little bit skeptical because a great, I'll give you a great example. Mm-hmm the older generation. Mm -hmm. I try to get them to eat colors. (laughs) I try to get them to look into supplements, to supplement into their lifestyle so that they have the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that they need. But it's a lot of pushback. Right. And what is some advice to the average person that I could help necessarily help people around me that might not be willing to change their environment just yet? That was a hard lesson I had to learn. And the outcome of that was like, you know what, then that's not the person for me. If they don't want to change, then I'm not going to be the one to force like we can't change anybody. And so I had a lot of people who, you know, and this was a very common scenario in the beginning of my business, like meet somebody, they're excited in theory about what I'm doing and, you know, consciously are on board, you know, have the discovery call, you know, I start undervaluing what I'm offering like, oh, well, you know, maybe if you want to do this, I can do, you know, I can discount this or we could, you know, do a custom thing this to try to meet their expectations of what they think is the biggest hurdle for people is the cost because I don't do insurance because insurance isn't structured to support you your health like it's not like it's not designed to help you get healthy it's designed around illness so when people have to fork out their own money uh, and invest in themselves that's where people start to recoil and so I would go into the mode of like oh well you know we could just do this or that but the real problem is that the person wasn't committed to the journey because if they understand what they're getting it makes sense to spend a few thousand dollars over the next six months knowing that that's hundreds of thousands of dollars you won't be spending 20 years from now. But I you know, wasn't as confident in myself to stand firm in the value and to help either be like, you know what, like this is what it is, this is my program, you get this, you're gonna feel this way, like I would crumble. And so I would say that was something only in the past maybe year where I've been able, you know, through having the support of mentors and coaches and being able to talk about my business in a different way and truly understand that, you know what, like I'm not here to serve everybody. I'm here to serve people who understand the value that they're getting. And it's not my role to convince them. It's my role to show them the light of what's possible, to share my vision for them of what their health would look like. And it's up to them to hold on to that vision for themselves and to then build the momentum from there. That's amazing. And the next level up to that is accountability for them. Mm -hmm. So when someone's working with you, what does the accountability look like in that? Because it's one thing where you, and this is the other problem with regular system is to prescribe you something, but then Mm -hmm. it's just like, the doctor doesn't call See me. You in six he months. doesn't write write me an email. <laughs> he doesn't like follow up with a text message. It's like right. in and out. Like I'm like, did I even like? Right. I just spent like, 45 minutes driving here. I spent five minutes with this person, and then like mm-hmm. that's it. Yep. But for you, what does it look like to work with you? And this is more so that people who are listening that potentially want to reach out. Mm-hmm. What would it look like from the accountability aspect and the functional side? Yeah. So all of my clients, we have weekly meetings. And so we connect for an hour every single week and you can commit to a month or three months at um, whenever we work together. So 
every week we're checking in and following up on what's going on in your life. But even outside of that week, my clients have access to me on a daily basis as I'm a concierge physician. Like I want to be your health concierge. So when you have a question at Whole Foods, whether, you know, this organic brown rice pasta is the right thing to choose or is shirataki noodles better, it's like, message me. And if I'm available in that moment, I will get back to like I make myself available, you know, within, you know, working hours, you know, like don't like, but because I've gotten to the point where I'm working with people who respect and value my time and what they're getting, nobody's messaging me at odd hours. And so they can reach out to me when they have questions, they have that support, they know that, you know, whatever's going on, I'll be there, I'll find the answers if I don't have them myself, because, you know, it's a learning opportunity for me too. So it's, you know, really, for me, it's a no brainer, because then you have a doctor who, one, has gone that health journey herself, you have somebody who's invested fully, because I only work with two or three full functional medicine patients at a time so that my mind is completely devoted to when my mind wanders off into space, I'm thinking about you. But if I had 50 people to manage, like I can't concentrate that energy in helping you really, you know, achieve that next level. And I love that. And that's self-awareness right there Mm -hmm. because so many people, especially whether you're a doctor or in the business, the system is created to make you feel like you need more. Mm-hmm. And it's really like less is, the less is more mentality. Oh, yes. It's the, we have an abundance of people that need care because of a system that fills them with sugar, fills mm-hmm. them sitting at a desk all day, fills them with TV, Netflix, and all the things that keep them sedentary. Mm-hmm. And then we have the opposite side where the doctor doesn't have enough time to actually invest in to everybody that comes through the door because nobody would have the time to invest it like it doesn't matter switch the doctors out like you just couldn't have the time and that's where like again the preventative side of things if we were to teach people to take care of themselves you'd have less patients which therefore like the doctors could actually invest the time and i've thought through this so often and that's where i'd love kind of for the like the last question before we wrap up Mm -hmm. is what do you think we should be doing as a society to move more towards a world where we're all kind of like doing what we're talking about here today? Like, what do you think we need to do as a community to sort of start that transition to make that happen? Yeah, it starts, it starts in schools. You know, it starts with educating children at an early age and helping them understand the value of food. And I love that you're wearing the Real Food is Medicine shirt there because uh, I'm on the board of a nonprofit called Eat Real, where is, believe it or not, the public school food system is the largest fast food chain in America. So like if we can, you know, if we can make change there, like that changes the whole food industry down the stream because that's the biggest demand from the schools. And so if we can educate the children, if we can give them the tools to, and the understanding and the resources to you know, then bring that back home to their parents because then they're going to be requesting fresh vegetables. You know, they're going to be requesting, you know, oh, you know, can we, you know, maybe get some, you know, real chicken, not the chicken nuggets. As I heard that those are more processed, you know, like I, I truly believe that, you know, if we can heal the children, we can heal the rest of the world because old people are too damn stubborn and they're not going to change. So let this sounds horrible, but they're going to die. <laughs> like, let them go on living their life and die. And that like that mentality dies off with them. Like we have to invest where it's really going to make a change for the rest of the world. Where it's going to have a ripple effect. Exactly. So I get, I feel so blessed to be a part of this organization where, you know, we've been able to create such a profound impact and Eat Real started in um, Northern California. And so like the schools who have had Eat Real certification where they've been able to like literally change what like they get fresh fruit, they were able to take 10 pounds of sugar per child out of their diet 
simply through school lunches alone. That's amazing. Like how profound is that? You know, as we're in a society where 88% of the people are metabolically unhealthy, but within a week of eating clean, like real food, you can reverse some of that metabolic damage. So again, like we got to do it for the kids because they're going to lead the rest of us and they're going to take care of us hopefully whenever we get older. I love that response because anybody that knows me knows I'm obsessed with education reform. And one of the reasons I'm obsessed with education reform is because I thought about how do you holistically change the world? Like Mm -hmm. I'm a systems engineer and I'm just like, how do you recreate a system where it's just more efficient and you can't, you can't build on top of a broken bridge. Like you just got to let the bridge crumble and then rebuild from clean ground. And that's where I love how you were talking about like the older generation It's like, there's only so much you can do. And I feel like a lot of people are attacking the wrong thing versus I would love to talk with you off the podcast of how I can get involved with eat real. Cause that sounds like something that I am like, clearly I'm wearing the shirt, <laughs> yeah. like uh, eat real food is medicine. I'm a big mm-hmm. believer in that. Um, because that's really what changed my life. And I feel like a new human being. And it's funny because people that I talk to that haven't seen me in a while, because I can, I was on the East coast and I just left. And then like, Mm -hmm. I rarely go back and I'm a whole different person. And a lot of it is just digging into what I've been eating, what I've been putting in my body, stop drinking coffee. Like there's just so many little things that I've kind of tweaked along the way Mm -hmm. that if I would have started as a kid, I just sit there and think, like maybe I would have been a professional athlete. Maybe I would have been like, <laughs> right. like I don't even know what I would have been because like I just would have felt so much better and I wouldn't have gone down a rabbit hole of what I did, which was drinking and drugs and doing things that yeah. were were just numbing the pain rather than solving that root cause, like you said. So I really loved this conversation and I cannot wait to get it out to everybody. But before we end... Um, how can people, if they want to reach out to you and connect with you and potentially work with you, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? Best way is sending me an old fashioned email. It's Riva, R-I-V-A at RivaWellness.com. Um, you can check out my website as well, which is RivaWellness.com. And on Instagram, that's where I spend all of my energy on social. It's Riva Robinson Wellness. So, you know, I love, love, love getting DMs and having those real conversations and like digging deep. So send me a DM on Instagram or send me an old fashioned email. And I highly recommend checking out her Instagram because she's putting out great content. It's very <laughs> hard um, to catch my attention because I'm I'm very much like producing a lot of content myself. So for me to kind of like be looking at your account and seeing like what you're Aww, doing, it's such an um, honor. It's Thank not you. even. I'm not even being like cocky or whatever. It's just like, it's hard to get my, I'm, I'm at ADHD. It's hard to get my attention, but the stuff that you're putting out is great. So I highly recommend y'all check her out. And the last question I have before we hop off the podcast today, and I'm asking everybody this in 2021, it's what does thriving mean to you? So what does it mean to you to thrive? Mm, yeah. And you can take some so, time with this. Yeah. So, well, this is actually something I've been thinking a lot about given it's the new year, but thriving for 2021 is being able to make feeling good my number one priority, no matter what. Because for so long, it was okay, well, I have to, you know, I have to make my business a success and I have to do all these things and the pressure, the pre- like my whole life has been built on performing and high pressure and feeling crappy, even in the midst of all of my successes, like pretty much every successful thing I've done in my life has come with like shit tons of stress and it hasn't felt good. Like stress is not fun. doesn't feel good. And so my goal is to focus on feeling good and then all of the success, all of the money, all of the things that I want will follow naturally. And just this past week, it's been like, oh my God, this is so effortless. This is so fun. When I just focus on feeling good, like it all just happens. So thriving is, you know, shifting into that mentality of, you know, feeling good no matter what. I love it. When you don't feel good, everything else, it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. really at the end of the day. And I love this conversation. I always do kind of like my biggest takeaway. And for me, from this conversation, there was one 
pivotal point where you talked about going all in on being a doctor and starting your little Mary Kay kind of um, adventure. And the reason that that was the biggest, most impactful thing for me here is you followed your gut in that instinct and in that instance, and it was your instinct to follow that. And I want to convey to other people that what might seem like a step backwards to your friends, your family, your parents might actually be your step forward. So you cannot mm-hmm. compare yourself to other people around you. Following your gut, again, it might be a step forward for you, but everybody else is telling you it's a step backward. You have to tune that out. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's really where you're going to start thriving like Dr. Reva is doing right here in front of me right now because she followed that gut instinct and – Anybody else out there might point the finger at you and saying that you're doing something wrong or why are you doing this, but you only you can be the dictator of where your destiny is going to go. So mm-hmm. I hope all of you enjoyed this podcast. Please connect with Dr. Reva if you found this valuable and connect with me if you'd love to get in contact with, contact with her as well. I love y'all. Until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.